DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo's in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. The subject we're going to address now is applying the rule in a place of confusing life patterns as opposed to the security of a healthy balance. Yes. I think we are succeeding in creating our very own world. We make our world, which is wonderful and also part of the task the Creator has given to us. However, Sometimes we don't realize that we go too far or don't think about the consequences of what we are doing. Let me take an example. So there is a natural, healthy balance between light and darkness, between day and night. It's just a natural rhythm. What have we done? We have created electricity, which is wonderful. And that makes us independent from light or darkness. Because we can make light in our rooms, even at night, and can continue to live like a day. And we can shut our windows, or we can close our shades, and make it dark in our rooms and pretend to have night. In the 19th century, when the street lightning, the street lamps, were introduced in Rome, the Pope said, I am against that. He wanted to, to forbid street lightning. As we see, he has not succeeded in doing so. Nobody wanted to follow him. But what I found interesting is that he had already the sense there's something fundamental going on here when you make day out of night. So this is one fundamental change we have experienced during the last 200 years. Another one is weekday working day, and Sunday. So, for our industries, and also for the sake of customer service, we got used to work all week long. So, in a way, we have, in a way, we have given up the Sunday. So, for the machines, the robots, and the engines, 
for them it is the best if they work all the time and we have kind of to serve them nowadays. And as a consequence, we have lost, at least partly, the Sunday, the holy day, the day when we stop working. I don't know how many million people have to work on Sundays or holidays in order <laughs> to help the others to rest. But anyway, we have messed up with Sunday, the Sabbath, in a way, and weekdays. And the same is true also for the seasons. When you think about summer and winter, again, what an accomplishment to have an air condition. <laughs> what an accomplishment to have, to have a heating. A couple of generations before us, they lived without it. Don't ask me how, how they really could do this. But in a way, we have lost the contact. This is the flip side now. The contact to our, to the seasons, to the change of seasons, to the temperatures. So if you don't want to, you don't have to experience seasons anymore. You, you live in your house, your car is parked in your house, so you enter your car, you drive wherever you want to go, so you don't have to leave a heated space or an air-conditioned space, so you don't have to go outside anymore. <laughs> you don't have to. Which is, as I said, in a way, which is really an accomplishment. I don't want to go back. But what it means is that we are not so close anymore to the seasons. But the seasons are a natural rhythm given by God. So we... we we human beings even succeed in changing our climate, as we probably know. Um, it's probably caused by us. It, climate has always changed, but this time it seems that it is the impact is even bigger. So, as for the for the human beings, mm. again, it is not about. Um, being subject uh, to the nature, it is good that we use the nature. But on the other hand, the nature offers us things we need for our lives as human beings, because we as human beings are still part of nature. We are nature. We need the rhythm of day and night. We need to sleep. We need to rest weekday, Sunday. We need to have this changes in temperatures, in colors, when we look outside, you know, is it green, is it brown, is it white? That is good for our eyes. It is good for our skin to feel the different temperatures. It's good probably for our heart, for everything, to have these changes. Uh, some people here in Nebraska have told me what they especially appreciate is that here in Nebraska we still have all seasons, all four seasons. There are parts in the world uh, where the seasons are not as different. But what I want to say is, as we have distanced ourselves from these natural rhythms, we have become, we, we, we are in danger now 
to mess up our whole life in a way. Or think about our calendar. This is another thing. Today we live according to outlook. <laughs> we organize our lives with a smartphone. And sometimes as for a family, it is really not easy to, to organize everything you need. And think about how much our brain and our mind is occupied with organizing the most simple things. So we have to organize day and night and Sunday and weekday and the seasons instead of just letting it happen. It happens anyway. We can just, we could go with the seasons instead of always organizing it. This goes back to when I originally approached this. I had thought that I was looking at it from the end point. I now realize that my, my life has gotten chaotic because of all of the scheduling and all the things I feel I need to do and all of the activity. But what you've helped me to see is you have to look not from that point, but way back to the start point of how, as humans, we were de designed a certain way and we have altered the very basic way of how we were designed to operate mm -hmm. so that the end result mm -hmm. is that chaos in our life. Mm -hmm. Because even the the rhythm of waking and sleeping and and experiencing just the world around us, we've lost touch. And if you go without power for one night, it literally chaos descends into a home and into the person. It, imagine a calendar, an outlook calendar, somehow disappears. The absolute panic and the anxiety and the disgruntledness that comes forth. But that's just the, that's the end result of something that we lost sight of a long time ago. Mm -hmm. To give you a taste how St. Benedict approaches this topic, uh, in chapter 41 he writes, From the 13th of September to the beginning of Lent, they always take their meal in mid-afternoon. Finally, from the beginning of Lent to Easter, they eat towards evening. Let Vespers be celebrated early enough so that there is no need for a lamp while eating and that everything can be finished by daylight. Indeed, at all times let supper or the hour of the fast day meal be so scheduled that everything can be done by daylight. So it's interesting that even at Benedict's times they had lamps already, so mm -hmm. <laughs> they could eat also with the light of lamps. But it seems that he schedules the life of the community along the light of the day and of the natural light. So we even can imagine that he didn't always pray Vespers at, let's say, 6 p.m. or so, that even the liturgy of the hours, not only the meals, that he scheduled everything around the natural light. So why don't go to bed when it is getting dark? 
by the way, you find this still in Africa. This was really expressive for me when I was there as a missionary Benedictine, that because of the lack of electricity, people just go to bed at night. So they go with this, with this natural rhythm. And St. Benedict, this is what is reflected here, wants us as monks too, to live in harmony with the nature. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always, so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession, confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. 
please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. To live uh, in harmony with your surroundings. I think that's, that's very key because it is, the reason this is so relevant is that this isn't just designed for that area of Europe which Benedict experienced, but I mean, you would have area of Iceland where there is perpetual daylight sometimes, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. areas where there is a lack of a change of seasons, as you've spoken before, the, the, the southern portions of the United States. And yet, if you're in tune with those areas, there are differences. They're, n- they're not always the same. There mm-hmm. is some type of mm-hmm. a nuance that if you're akin to it, and usually there's a gift associated with those changes too. Mm-hmm. There's something to be had. Right. And this is how a Benedictine day is structured. It is always changing, alternating. So we start in the morning at 6 o'clock here in Skyla, Christ the King Priory, with vigil and lords. Then we have time for spiritual reading. Then we go to work. Then we go to the Holy Eucharist at 11.15. Then we have our noon mid our noon prayer, midday prayer. Then, after a little nap, we go to work again. And we have Vespers at 6, praying again. And then we eat and we pray Compline. So there is this alternating way of praying, working, resting. And this is captured in the this classic motto ora et labora pray and work this is how most how we benedictines are mostly seen this kind of summarizes our life pray and work and this is a wonderful motto because it has this change so don't pray all the time don't work all the time alternate uh, a confrere once said to me, what is the most important work in this model, pray and work? And his answer was, the most important work, uh, word is and. Interesting. You would think it is pray. Actually, St. Benedict says we should always have priority on prayer. So work is even not as important as prayer. So the first priority is praying. But then it is important this at this end, to connect, finally, prayer with work and work with prayer. So while changing back and forth, we bring our work, our daily lives, into prayer. We just come, for example, the best example is noonday prayer, midday prayer. Uh, we come from from our work, we are still full of thoughts, worries, whatever, and pray. So we can bring what we have just experienced into our prayer. And filled with the silence of prayer, with the encounter of God, with his love, with his encouragement, with his grace, we can get out again and do our work. So finally, our work becomes prayerful, 
filled with God's grace. And our prayer sometimes actually also is work. <laughs> so as Benedictine, sometimes we pray pretty much. So sometimes it's just work. Now I have to pray. <laughs> it's just part of our life. But the beauty is in this change, in this back and forth and back and forth. And it is so basic, it is so fundamental that you can do it all at all times. At all times. This I find always fascinating that, you know, there are so many orders, religious orders, and every order has its very own characteristic and motto. But I think a reason that our order still exists is that our motto is so basic and so simple. So you can apply this at all times. Think about the political situations in Europe and in the world uh, during the last 1,500 years. So there were kingdoms and different political systems and situations and what was going on. And the monks just continued in pray and work and pray and work and pray and work, because you can do this all the time. The same is true for the situation of the church. The church went through good times and bad times. But what you can always do is pray and work and pray and work. And this is the rhythm. This gives us this balance and this connects us with our basic needs as human beings to be in this world and at the same time not in this world. The danger can become when the work then takes precedent over the prayer and that somehow the prayer can be set aside. Even the farmers in the field, I, I love the wonderful manuscript illuminations that the Benedictines passed down to us along with their, their beautiful transcriptions of scripture, but they mm -hmm. would have these images and it was usually of the countryside of the people, of the changing of the seasons. And most often, sometimes, you know, it's them stopping to pray in the middle of the field at noontime. Mm -hmm. it, it was so important. Mm -hmm. I, I think maybe we began mm -hmm. to really lose that with the Industrial mm -hmm. Revolution, mm -hmm. that even in even a, in a city that is surrounding a large mm -hmm. church in the middle of its populace, it, that there's no longer a response mm -hmm. to the, mm -hmm. the tolling of a bell. Mm -hmm. We still do this today as monks. We, we interrupt our work when we hear the bell ringing the full hour. We just stop for a minute, pause, and pray. That is very powerful because it really helps you to see that the work is not as important as you always think it is. It is so it, you know, by the way, your work becomes even more efficient afterwards. <laughs> because you have stopped. So, as you said, I, I, this is really our experience as monks to, to put work as a prayer, to put prayer as a priority is so healing for. Whereas if you have work as the most important thing in your life, I don't know if this is so really what God wanted us to do. If I could take the conversation in just a little bit, a path that parallels this in some ways, is that those who will do work, which they consider is good work, and 
what they may feel is what God wants them to do because it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as St. Catherine of Siena, somebody I know you have tremendous love mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. Uh, would say from the dialogues, the Father would say, you do so many good things, but they're mm-hmm. not necessarily what I've asked you to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's not really a, a godly good. Yes. It's a good thing, yes. but it's not necessarily what he's asked us because we haven't taken time to ask him. Yeah. You know, as monks, we try to live a contemplative life and so we we very much try to live according to this Martha and Mary uh, uh, gospel passage this beautiful story and when Jesus clearly stated that Mary had chosen the better part so to pause to rest to listen sometimes is really the thing you should do. And as monks, we sense that because of the situation in our world, for so many people, lay people, families, it is so difficult to have these pauses. Because of that, we see it as our duty to pray for all them, for all those. And that was from the very beginning. The monks from the very beginning saw this as their task. They said, somebody has to pray while others are working in order to help to balance, again, to balance this. The Holy Spirit may be with them, that they may be protected, that the grace of God may be with them. So we want to make this world be more prayerful. But as you said, finally, it is the task of every Christian to not to forget prayer and to give prayer the priority over over the work. But again, sometimes the work can be the prayer as well. Well, this would ultimately take us back to one of our discussions on responding to the needs of Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. And it's all integrated, isn't it? Um, I love the location of our monastery here in Skyla. So we, the monastery is built on, on this hill, the mission hill, and I, I'm able to look down, to see down to Skyla, to the town, and when I see the houses and the plant and everything and the cars, the trucks on the highway, that helps me and reminds me to pray for all these people. We are a network. You are so right. We all belong together and everybody does his part. This is the beauty of the church too, that we share our different um, tasks. And so as Benedictine, we try to really keep this balance and to give priority to prayer. Any final thoughts, Father? What I love in our daily schedule as Benedictines is that we really keep this schedule So I have been in the monastery for uh, 28 years now. And I have experienced only one change of the daily schedule. The reason is, in order to change our daily schedule, monastic schedule, it needs a two-third majority of votes. So when the chapter comes together, chapter is uh, the 
gathering of all final professed monks. And we want to change, for example, to get up later in the morning or whatever or earlier. That needs, this change of daily schedule would need a two-third majority, which is a high majority. And so what I just want to say is the, the daily schedule in the monastery is kind of sacred. It is, you don't discuss it, you don't complain about it, you just go along with it. Kind of similar as you try to go along with the changes of the nature in your environment. Mm. Thank you so much, Father. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildee.